Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620 WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we are really pleased to have joining us in studio this morning, President of the University of Vermont, Suresh Garamella. Good morning, President Garamella. Good morning, Kurt. It's uh, great to have you here. And uh, how was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it was wonderful. Our son came home, and uh, sticking around in Burlington during Thanksgiving is great. Got your fill of a uh, lot of good food and everything? <laughs> Too much. <laughs> I hear you on that I, we, we could add some snowflake uh, chocolate to that if you've got some handy. Oh, oh yeah. wow. There well, you go. Yeah. Well, if you knew some of those questions, we could have should have called in. <laughs> it's always my favorite day when she comes in. I'd be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, President Garamella, let's start with... Uh, if you can sort of give us the 10,000-foot overview uh, look at the University of Vermont, so important to Burlington, the region, the state, really, um, and sort of look at it as a two or, take two or three minutes, whatever you need, and sort of like what, when the president gives the State of the Union or the governor gives the State of the State, give us a State of UVM. Thank you, Kurt. Thank you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Um, really pleased to be on your show. So the University of Vermont, which, as you say, is critical to the state, the state is critical to our university, Um, we've had a great run. Um, This semester has been great. Uh, The last four years, we've had a record uh, in research funding every year. So now, over a four- or five-year period, we've doubled our research funding. Wow. Which means that more money is coming in, over a quarter billion dollars of external funding, is coming into the University of Vermont, but where does that money go? It goes to support uh, the faculty, students, staff, technicians, and, you know, the economic impact in Vermont. Um, so, so we're bringing in federal dollars and other dollars into the state. So, but it's not just that. The work that our faculty do on our staff, it is so important to our state. And, um, you know, we, saw, we, we, we address the complex challenges that there are a lot of today mm-hmm. in, sure. in, in the world, but certainly in our community. Our students get great experience from the, you know, research opportunities, our undergraduate students, graduate students, et cetera. And in the research space, I'm proud that we've started a number of institutes in recent times. The most recent one was the Institute for Agroecology. It's the first institute for agroecology at any land-grant university in the country, and it is so Vermont. It is so similar to things like our Food Systems Center, which is... Um, you know, looks at sustainable small-scale farming and food systems and such. Um, we uh, we have an ins- a water institute that's just kicking off. You know, water is so critical to our state, but to the world. And we just started the Leahy Institute for Rural Partnerships that you probably heard about, which is basically um, addressing a, a vacuum where many universities are not focused on rural issues. Mm-hmm. And so this is an institute that will bring the university and the every part, every one of the 14 counties together to address problems that are of interest. On top of that, um, we've had a record interest in UVM. You know, 30,000 applications come in for our 3,000 slots. That's great. Yeah. That means we can construct a class that um, is the most diverse uh, ever, brightest ever, more Vermonters, more first-generation students, more students of color. Um, So very proud of our students that come in. We do our best to graduate them on time in four years. We add 1,100 or so of our students to the Vermont economy every year. We're the largest source of workforce for the state by far. And so over 30% of our out-of-state students stay in the state after graduating from UVM. So that's a great uh, benefit to the state. 
Um, so really, things are go in great shape. Our athletics, as you probably know, is uh, on a roll. Um, you know, six championships or appearances in NCAA uh, last year. And hopefully everybody who's listening caught the uh, buzzer beater uh, with the basketball against Yale. Felt really, really, really good. Our Very soccer exciting. team did really well. So um, things are great. I will acknowledge that, look, this is a challenging time in the world. It's a challenging time here in our community. People are hurting. But um, as far as your question about the university goes, uh, we're in great shape and really excited about what's to come. Where do we stand with Patrick Gymnasium? We know there's been a talk for a long time about a, a new facility. Um, where do we stand with that? Yeah, so, um, you know, I, wanted, uh, I want your listeners to know that we, uh, we recently had the board approve another $14, $15 million of spending, which will bring our total spending in that facility to $83 million dollars. We've quadrupled the space for health and wellness. The latest um, uh, investment is to sort of finish up some of the projects in, in Bastwick and Forbush for people who know what those areas are, but also to uh, double our individual fitness for our athletes and such. So $83 million of funding going in. There is a large gap in the money available in terms of building the Tarrant Center, the arena. Um, and, you know, we are keeping hope alive. And as the money comes in and anyone on your call who has 70, 80, you know, something like that million dollars, uh, I, we will accept a check and start building right away. <laughs> so that's the, that's the problem right now yeah. is you don't have the funding to, to build it. That's absolutely the issue. We would love to build it. It's been a long time coming. The costs keep going up the longer we wait. And our board has uh, instructed us to look under every rock. We looked yeah. under a lot of rocks, but I'm afraid um, the the gap is so such that it's hard to um, find those resources. Right, and right. So, what about with the? I think you mentioned eighty three million dollars for what you're doing now. Could you div- not do some of that and divert it into building the new building, or that doesn't work? It's a great question. So we've already spent about sixty eight million. A lot of that was in sort of, um, you know. Ref- the kinds of things that are not visible in terms of improving HVAC and improving electricity coming to the thing and deferred maintenance and so on. And the board had felt when they first um, approved this as well, they wanted health and wellness to be a critical um, uh, priority. And so when we, you know, COVID sort of messed things up when the governor had the stay at home, uh, work at home order, um, we had to stop the project and then we prioritized the health and wellness of our students um, there's a climbing wall, a Zumba uh, area, you know, spin area, spin cycle area, et cetera, being used really, really well. So that was a priority. Um, the remaining 15 million, uh, the athletics director, uh, Jeff Schulman, uh, identified this individual fitness as a critical thing. If we had the larger amount of money, we would go right away. But we're at least trying to build it in phases as the money comes in. So you do not see that as a likely scenario, the new building, anytime in the near future? Is that fair to say? I, you know, I, I'm optimistic. I would say that um, as people hear the story and they see that we've spent so much and are committed to it and our basketball team is doing so well, our soccer, lacrosse, men's, women's, hockey, all of them are doing so well for a Division I, um, you know, mid-major that um, I, I think we should raise more money. And I hope that people come forth with uh, support so that we can build it. Try to make sure you keep Coach Becker around. I would, He's put I, together a heck of a program there. I, I, I have handcuffs ready for him. <laughs> we keep him as, as close as we can. There you go. Well, I do want to talk. I want to go back. I was unaware at the amount of research money, I, which I love, 
and I come from Addison County, and uh, the UVM Extension Service is vital still to all farmers. And that's that's from many generations ago. And to hear some, I I, I want to just kind of dig a little in on on the institutes, particularly when you talk about the the research uh, that's being done, because you know the the old the old garb thinks, oh well, they don't have a farm at UVM anymore. Well, just because you don't have cows by the interstate doesn't mean that you're not working deeply on the advancement of agriculture and farming and rural Vermont. Um, just, just talk to me a little bit about some of the research that's being done, and 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 particularly the the two institutes you just mentioned that are that are the first in the country. No, it's it's wonderful. You say from Addison, I should tell you that one of my happy places in Vermont to go to is the Morgan Horse Farm. Oh yeah, uh, you know, in my first year, I had the honor of naming one of the new uh, newborns. Uh, mm-hmm. called, called her Bernoulli. She now has a baby. It's called Fern. So it's Burn and Fern. Um, yeah. <laughs> so when you when you go visit the Morgan Horse Farm, please um, ask to see them. They're beautiful. Um, really enjoy being down there. Um, so really, the University of Vermont is so deeply linked with the future of this state. I said that when I when my installation uh, in the presence of Governor Scott and others that um, we're here to support the state and. You know, there's the there's the uh, Proctor Maple Farm, right? We've got the Miller Farm. We've got uh, the Morgan Horse Farm. We are deeply engaged with the state in every one of its 14 counties. Our extension folks are are so beloved in their areas, right? And we've got research out of extension in things like um, you know phosphorus runoff and such that are so important to us. We've got um, you know the recently named boat. Um, we named it the Marcel, our new electric boat that. Um, gives us a lot more capacity to study Lake Champlain and and keep it protected and healthy. So there is almost no part of the state that we're not touching. Um, you know, so many of the educators, the nurses, the doctors are all from the University of Vermont. So what the research funding does and the doubling of research funding, and I'll say that we are now bringing in as much money for research as Tufts University that you think of as a you know mid-sized private school, um, Notre Dame and Rice. So you should think about the University of Vermont as a research powerhouse along those lines. Yeah. But the important thing is the research money that we bring in helps the state, helps address the kinds of problems of climate change and environment and sustainability and things like this, which are so dear to all of us. And so each of our institutes brings a, brings faculty together across colleges. It's not a disciplinary focus only. And so bringing multiple disciplines to bear on these kinds of problems enriches the solutions. Yeah. And it gives our undergrad students, we're very proud of how many of our undergraduate students have opportunities to research with faculty in their labs. And so that's a, that's a big plus from all this funding yeah. we get. President Garamella, and again, we're talking to Suresh Garamella. He is the University of Vermont uh, president. And so I want to ask you about President Garamella, do you have, is there a 10 year plan? Uh, and uh, how are we doing with enrollment? Does, does the university need to increase enrollment? It's a great question, Kurt. Um, look, the university of Vermont is attracting so much attention for the last two years. We've had over 50% of our students coming from beyond new England. I think we used to be considered as a sort of a small, fun New England place. And today there is interest from Washington and, and, and California and Texas and Hawaii and so on. So there's a lot of interest. If we could grow, we could, there are a lot more students that want to come. 
But given where we're located, we've said many times that we want to keep our incoming class of undergraduate students at 3,000 or so. You know, give or take. It's not an exact science. Sometimes it's 50 up or 100 down. Yep. So um, incoming 3,000, which means over a four-year period, about 12,000 undergraduate students. We're hoping to be at about 3,000 graduate students. If our research is doubling, we need to sort of enhance the number of graduate students and postdocs. So that's our goal is about 15,000, you know, 3,000 grad, uh, 12,000 undergrad. And of course, you know, whether you ask or not, I'll say that the housing challenges in the state. That was my next question. <laughs> of course, <Yeah>. are huge. <laughs> and I, I'd really, you know, I think of ourselves as, um, as being at the table to provide solutions. And so I hope that um, everyone uh, that is listening is aware that UVM has been, you know, once COVID ended, we started looking at working with private developers. So we've got about 620 new beds coming up in the city center in South Burlington. And uh, that's primarily for graduate students and faculty and staff, because some of our staff, when we hire them, they're happy to come here and then they, you know, have trouble finding housing. And so we want to provide this. Uh, and it's close to campus. It's close to all the shopping and the commercial mm -hmm. district. Um, so South Burlington has been a great partner. And we recently announced another project with about 540 new beds um, in the Doubletree parking lot in the back. So it's a parking lot. So it's already um, paved over. And so we'll be building 540 beds there. So uh, the first project is called Catamount Run in South Burlington. Half of those beds, pretty much, will be available at the end of this year, in the summer of next year, um, and the other half the following year. And we are hoping to, on the Catamount Woods project, which is just off of Centennial Woods, the 540 beds, we're hoping the permits and th things get done and we can break ground in, uh, in spring. And wow. those, are those apartment-style dwellings as opposed to like the dorms where they have just a single room? Is that apartment-style dwellings? Absolutely. These are really modern, wonderful places. We know that folks want to, the, the, the things that people are looking for in housing uh, is very different today than it was once. So all of the new housing is an apartment style sort of, you know, one bedroom, two bedroom, three bedroom, and sometimes maybe four bedroom. Both four people can stay in an apartment. And it gives you the flexibility to shift. So say 10 years from now, there's more of a demand for staff and less for student. You have that ability to pivot because... Um, uh, that, that that housing has always been a crunch for yeah. for schools. I like the fact that uh, um, you you're you're constantly looking and developing uh, projects close to the university or on on university. Uh, I hadn't heard about the one yeah. behind the uh, the double tree. Right, and we're talking so, to the city of Burlington as well. Um, we're, we're in conversations with them, productive conversations. We're hoping the city council and the mayor. Who, um, who like some of the ideas we've come up with in terms of changing some of the zoning regulations and, and building regulations on other plots near campus. And uh, as those come through, we'll have more options. But to your earlier point, we have to be very good fiscal stewards of the university. And so we're not overbuilding. I think the kinds of building we're doing, um, you know, ultimately some of the older buildings may need to go. Or, and so um, the flexibility that uh, the apartment style provides is absolutely. Uh, and yeah. so when, when neighbors, you know, in Burlington, obviously it's been an issue for people living downtown the neighborhood where some students are. And we don't want to pretend that all students cause problems in the neighborhood. They don't. But some do. And, and uh, it's been an issue, of course, in Burlington for many years. How do we have less, more students on campus, less in the neighborhoods? So it sounds like you are working hard to make sure that happens, and you and I want to be just be make sure I'm clear. If in the next ten years, if there's a ten year plan, there's no expectation to need to increase enrollment. 
Correct. We're looking at that that flat number that I mentioned at three thousand uh, undergrad every year. Um, you know, we do have a campus plan. That's a ten year plan. It's on our website. We also have a sustainability plan by which we're saying by twenty thirty we want to go carbon neutral. That's very very aggressive, and we've got a pretty um, specific way of getting there. So we we think we'll get there. But honestly, I think our students out of state and in state are such a great asset to this state, to this great, mighty little state, that um, we should do all we can to welcome these students and to ensure that after they graduate, they find jobs here and that we make Vermont as sticky as possible because of the you know, serious demographic uh, challenges this state faces. Well, and we always hear about everybody graduating and leaving. So to hear that, I've learned a lot already this morning, um, that 30% of the out-of-state students who graduate stay. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so by the way, if you've learned a lot, uh, then the chocolate is the, is the, <laughs> no is the reward. It's all good. But um, it, it, honestly, I think I'm, I'm very, very proud that over the last four years, 4,400 new workers, high-tech, highly trained workers, have been added to the community. And one thing we're doing out of our Office of Engagement, our Institute for Rural Partnerships, is to help organizations across the state, companies, but also, you know, nonprofits and, and governmental organizations, to learn to work with interns at the University of Vermont. You need to engage them from their very first year so they start imagining life in Vermont. Uh, if yeah. you try to recruit them in their fourth year, they've already found something in Boston or New York or something, and that's too late. So we need to, the internships, I invite everyone in the state to throw in internships, to engage our students from their first year and give them experiences that they don't want to leave. You know, the, that's a really good point. We engage in the beginning because as, as they move forward towards the end of their collegiate career, of course, the next step is what am I going to do? We, and there's lots of options outside. We've got a few other issues to get into before the time ends here. Uh, staffing issues. Are you, are you fully staffed at the University of Vermont, or do you face some of the same challenges that so many others do across the state of Vermont? You know, it's yes and yes. So I'll say that during COVID, for example, Sodexo, who provides the dining services to the University of Vermont, was down to 50% staffing. Right? It was really, really difficult, but we did our best to do, you know, to provide uh, dining for our students. Things have improved a lot. We've actually helped them work with our own students to rec- to to yeah. employ them, et cetera. Um, I'll say that again, the University of Vermont has been um, such a beacon that we do attract the best folks around the state, around the country. Um, our senior leaders come from all over the place. Our deans. Um, we've had great luck with recruitment. That's not to say that in the trades and things like this that we don't have uh, issues. And so Richard Cade, our uh, CFO, um, has been working on sort of apprenticeship models and how to sort of grow our own um, tradespeople, if you will. So uh, staffing is an issue, but part of it has to do with housing. Part of it has to do with childcare. So it's a it's a you know needs to be addressed all together as one whole. But we're doing well. I think we're quite well staffed. I know that Mike Sherling, former public safety commissioner for the state, is uh, is with UVM now in regard to those these type issues. But just want to ask you a generic general question about is the UVM police force, how big is the police force, uh, UVM security? And do they work in conjunction with the police department? What's their what is their overall role? How how, how far can they are they can they extend? It's a great question. Uh, love Mark, Mike Sherling. Yeah, he was one of my 
um, one of my best hires. So I'm, I'm thrilled that he's with us. And, with former, all the experience pol- and former police chief. Of course. Yeah. But among other things, right? He's not just a police chief. He's a great strategic thinker. He's been a great partner. So um, on our police services, I will tell you that I proudly swear in uh, new members of our police services. I think our police services deserve our just deep thanks. We are fully staffed. Our police services are fully staffed. Um, the recruits are happy to come join the University of Vermont. We respect them, and they're wonderful at handling our community, our our students, um, and and providing service. We do have very strong partnerships and affiliation uh, agreements with the city of you know Burlington, South Burlington, etc. We all help each other. Um, we know that the safety situation in Burlington is challenging, and a lot of parents ask us these questions. So um, we work very closely across police departments and provide mutual support. We've got UVM Rescue, which is just an amazing student-run organization that provides uh, enormous sort of EMT-type services. So I'm proud that the University of Vermont and its police services and its public safety is fully staffed and it's in great shape. Um, I hope that we have... Um, more progress in terms of growing the police force uh, in Burlington, et cetera. But in the meantime, we're great partners. If you can just give me a quick comment on this. Um, we have seen across the country with, of course, the uh, tragic situation in Israel and Gaza. Uh, there have been and the, the horrible uh, shooting with the Palestinian three students um, that were here, the anti-Semitic attacks across the country on colleges' campuses, how is UVM handling that? Do we feel confident that we can avoid some of the horrific things we've seen around the country? Yeah, Kurt, this is a great question. It's a difficult uh, issue. I'll say that it'd be impossible not to be heartbroken with the poor kids that were just out for dinner and shot um, in the city. Um, and so we, uh, we mourn that. There are there are horrible things going on um, in in uh, in in this in this struggle uh, between Israel and Gaza, etc. Um, we f- we can only focus though on our own community and our own students. The, our community is guided by our common ground principles, and I'm proud to say that while there have been vigils and protests and such, they're by and large respectful. Our community, as you know, cares for each other. Um, so you know, it's impossible to say some things won't happen here. I mean, who knew that? In Burlington, you would have this kind of a shooting. But our campus communities come together. This evening, for example, some four faculty members are hosting a discussion among uh, for students uh, from both sides of the uh, spectrum. And so we've had, I'm really proud of our students, our staff, and our faculty for how caring they've been. And, and let me just say that there is no room for hate. There's no room for anti-Semitism, anti-Palestinian, anti-Muslim, anti-Arab feelings. Um, and we just need to guard against that and continually um, make that clear that not here, uh, not at UVM. Easy collective bargaining uh, contract negotiations this year, do you think? or Trivial. Trivial. <laughs> you think it'll be a tough one or, or not? Look, we'll have several bargaining sessions right. that start. We truly value our staff. Nothing happens at the university without the strong support of our staff. Our faculty, obviously, are the lifeblood of our um, of our institution. So we do the best we can with them. I think we've over my time here, we've arrived at uh, you know the best uh, agreements we can within the fiscal constraints we've got. President of the University of Vermont, Suresh Garamella. President Garamella, thanks for being on the morning drive today. We really appreciate all the uh, information. Thank you so much, Kurt and Anthony. Happy back. Thank you. You betcha. Thanks for coming in today.